Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. We have a special guest today coming all the way from Miami, Florida, somebody that's been in the game for a long time now. I think 2005, you originally got started, right? Yep. Yeah. So, Ray, what's going on, man? How are you, brother? I'm excited to be here with you. I know we've been talking to other back and forth. We know a lot of friends in common. I think we, we actually got entered a couple times. I think Terry Thayer, but somebody else connected us before that, too. So yeah. happy to happy to make it happen. Better late than never. You know? That's right, man. I'm excited. You know, I, I've been stalking you a little bit, and I see you've been uh, you've been a busy guy doing some big things. You know, uh, giving back to charities and um, you know helping out a lot of people along the way with hard money. That was that was huge, dude. We raised sixty grand. That's what I in saw like, in fifteen days to rescue um, uh, you know uh, little boys and girls that have been caught up in human trafficking and sexual abuse, dude. That was I did my part, but dude, the big guy was doing his part. Like, there's no way that could have happened, you know, without the big guy helping me out. So yeah, just blessed. I love it, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something extremely cool and uh, very impactful. But uh, but nevertheless, we're gonna be diving into real estate today. So you know, I know you got started back in 2007, obviously, or 2005, 2007 crash hit. Uh, you went through some things at that moment. You wrote a lot of it out. And then now you and your wife were extremely successful with fix and flips. It was taking a lot of your time away. And now you started getting more passionate about the hard money lending side. For anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who you are, do you mind just diving into, you know, your story, where you come from and, and what you're doing today? Sure. Uh, story is uh, I used to work, uh, you know, old- 04, anywhere from 02 to 05, I was working corporate at General Electric up in, in Connecticut. I'm from Miami, Florida, born and raised, Cuban parents, uh, immigrant type story, was raised poor, right? Never, uh, you know, um, never really kind of like had anything, right? So, um, you know, myself through school, busted my butt, got this job at GE, um, and then I realized that the corporate world wasn't for me. Tried to go into some RIAs in Connecticut, and uh Met a couple of partners there. We invested into a group, about 60 grand each of us, and we lost 60 grand. It was like all smoke and mirrors, right? But then I said, you know what? I'm 60 grand in the hole. I'm going to keep going. But I met one of my partners, Ed, through that group. And Ed and I are still tight. He's like my dad today. I've learned a lot from him, and we made it together. So we ended up recuperating that 60 grand, buying a bunch of multifamily property in Connecticut. But I wanted to move back to Florida. So I quit my job after buying these multifamily properties. And uh, I came back, I wanted to come back to Miami and, and do the same thing. I realized that Miami in 06, 07 was the market was too hot. I couldn't make the numbers work. Mm. So I came back down here, started, I sold some of the properties in Connecticut. The ones I kept, I'm still upside down on. Still to this day, I'm still carrying those. Um, so Brandon, you know, this idea of, of, of buying whole rentals, like it depends where in the market and all that stuff. But anyway, um, so I'm still kind of carrying those dogs, but whatever, it is what it is. So I came now back down on with those properties, are were those adjustable back then, or no, no, I, I, I they're, they're still fixed. They were fixed. That the thing is, look, when the market corrects and you're in a small market, as we were in Connecticut, the rents drop, and then you have turnover, 
And, and again, these, these properties that you buy um, and then you over leverage, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's going to be negative cash flow. So these properties were probably a C minus area, a lot of turnover, management's difficult. There were older properties um, and it was a small town. And what I learned about a small town is you, you're going to be limited who you can sell it to. Rents do drop when their market corrects just because, you know, people can't afford it. People lose jobs, et cetera. It was in a town called Willimantic. So small town in Connecticut. And then, so whatever, we sold some. I'm, I'm not complaining. You know, we, yeah. we, 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 we sold some. And the ones I sold made a lot of money. And the ones I, I kind of still have lost some money. But, you know, more, you know, you win more than you lose. Anyone who tells you guys that, all I do is win. Is you're you either bullshit yourself, they're lying to you, or they're trying to sell you something, or they're not pushing the envelope. If you're pushing the envelope, you're gonna lose something, right? So um, again, if you're not pushing the envelope, you lost anyway because you're being too conservative. So I'm not saying be too aggressive, but if you're always winning, you're being too conservative. So really, you're losing. Mm. So uh, does that make sense, Brandon? The way I said that? Yeah, yeah. No, it does. I like yeah. that. So I, I, I looked to move back to Miami because all my family, everything is from down here. And, and I didn't like the weather. I'm a Florida boy. I need my, I need my son. <laughs> so I came to, I, I went to, I came to move back and uh, I couldn't, I, we couldn't do that here. So I started wholesaling, you know, did some marketing, started wholesaling some deals and uh, moved back in with my parents. A lot of people wouldn't do that, right? After living in Connecticut, making 50, 60 grand and this is all six dollars. And by the time I graduated this, this corporate program, I could have been making 100, 150, because I was on, I was on a two-year rotational like program at General Electric. Okay. On um, there, it's kind of program a program they used to kind of uh, groom their CFOs. So like financial management, risk management, um, uh, underwriting, like that's all I did for GE. And I was I was top of my class. I was top of my class in, in, in college too as well. So I, I could have generated 120, 120 and those dollars, which really is like. 250 today and I said no I'm gonna go back home live with my dad in a one-bedroom apartment figure it out and mm. and, and and start from the bottom and I uh, did that till 07 08 uh, then I opened up a little office hired some team did that and then uh, 2010 I kind of said dude I don't know what's going on with this market I kind of had you know uh, made enough money where I didn't need to work kind of retired for a couple of years still paid so, still did a couple of deals here and there but nothing you know, I was, I was more playing beach volleyball, uh, <laughs> working out. Um, I had enough revenue where I could kind of like didn't need to. And, and dude, a lot of guys now are making 15, 20, 30 grand of wholesale. But when the market corrected, that same wholesale for the same work, you're making four or five. Yeah. Um, like, dude, if you can't make money right now, you're not going to make it when the market corrects. Now, when the market corrects in 07, 08, I made a ton of money because we were able to change our approach. So instead of going after the sellers, I was going after the buyers. So I had all the buyers and I had retail buyers that I was selling them house at wholesale prices. So I was making still big, big spreads, but everybody else was getting affected. But again, it took a lot more effort because you have to reinvent yourself in the market corrects. You got to change your strategy, right? So, yeah. So whatever market corrects. I meet my wife, 2010, 2011, and she, uh, she's a school teacher and she's like, Ray, you know what? Let's, let's um, I didn't know she wanted more. So I, the first thing I gave her was a Tony Robbins uh, course and she went through it and she said, look, you know, she wanted to kind of like had bigger, bigger aspirations. I said, baby, you know, we could do it. She joined an MLM called ACN. And I said, once I saw her hustle, I go, babe, we could do a lot more real estate because I've already paid the 10,000 hours, right? Malcolm Gladwell's got a book, 10,000 hours. I already paid all the dues in real estate so we could make a lot more faster rather than build, a, build this slowly. 
And then she goes, all right, let's start doing it. So she hopped on board. We did a couple wholesale deals. I didn't really want to get back in. You know, I was still like burnt in the past. Yeah. But uh, she goes, let's get back in. And then we did a couple wholesale deals and, and then we started doing a little bit more. And so we did some wholesale. We went to the market. Then uh, we opened up an office in 2013. We started doing some buy and holds. Uh, we did some buy, fix and resell. Started scaling out the team. So by like 2015, 16, we had like 80, 80 rental units. We were flipping and fixing about 15 to 20 houses a year. I had a full-time project manager, full-time property manager, office office manager, uh, acquisitions person, dispositions person, and then also, you know, all the consultants and all the tax people yeah. that go along with that. Um, so that was what our team looked like. 15, 16, 17, we tried to sell the rentals. And then uh, 17, I said, you know, 17, 18, uh, I said 17, really. Uh, my daughter was born in 2016, so from 16 to 17, kind of that year, we kind of had sold most of the rentals, and it was just fixing and flipping and sailing. We were making great revenue, but um, I really wasn't happy. I, w- I missed that whole first year of my daughter being born because my wife took the whole year off to focus on the, on the baby, yeah. which left me to deal with the team. And I wasn't good at dealing with the team because, like how I am with you right now, I'm really raw. I say it how it is. I'm super yeah. emotional. Like, I'm not good at managing people. Like, I just, whatever, it is what it is, right? But yeah. I'm good at putting deals together. Like, I know, I'm self-aware to know what I'm good at and what I suck at. Yeah. And um, and then when I had to manage all these people and, like, it just, I wasn't happy. And thank God we had the option or we didn't need to continue doing it. So we shut the office down, fired everybody, and then we sold everything. And we still had a few deals more in the pipe that I did. And what's unique is once we closed the office, I ended up doing more deals, excuse me, less deals at higher profit margins on my own than with the whole team and everybody else. I ended up making more and keeping more on myself than the whole team, right? So it's like, do you want, and again, I'm not saying right or wrong, just kind of what yeah. do you want? And then ultimately we stopped doing deals altogether. We just started to lend out money. So now we place capital. So now we're on the capital side. We place capital in uh, multifamily. We place capital in single family and hard money. We place capital in joint venture deals. Someone has a deal, so hey, you put up the money, we split profit. We do that. Okay. So we're, we're more of managing money, whatever that looks like. But we're, we're we're the money piece, and we find a great operators. We find a great jockey to bankroll. Yeah. Now let me ask. You know, making that transitioning into not being active anymore and really just being the the bank at the end of the day is is something that is kind of like the end game for a lot of people out there or they just don't even acknowledge it like once they get to the point where they acknowledge like where the spot is is really being the bank it is tremendous you know that's when all the lights kind of start um you know lighting up for you but what was it for you guys that made you not want to be active at all anymore the headaches man the headaches yeah. and getting beat up look you know i love rental properties just as much as anybody else but people don't understand about rental properties and the rental cash flow stream is that rentals are great when you buy them when the market is low and your basis is low yeah. but really on the cash flow you're not going to make any cash flow when you underwrite the low when you underwrite a single family house multi-family house whatever the hell you underwrite 50% of it is operating expense ratio, right? So you make a hundred bucks, 50, 50, 50 of it is expenses, no matter what, I don't care how you run it. And we used to run in-house with great systems. So I know numbers, trust me, my CFO background is looking at numbers. Yeah. yeah. So by the time you paid and then you debt, right? You, you actually put some debt on it. You're making 15, 20% max. Mm. So, so you're not making that much. Even if you're making all of, uh, all the, I guess utilities, expenses for upkeep of the property and everything on the tenants. It's still about fifty percent. 
Really? Okay. Well, remember, the, 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 the tenants aren't going to – you can try and transfer the risk to the tenants. I mean, you're doing a lot of, like, single-family, multi-family. That's not going to work out well for you because they're not going to do it. And then how are you and, – and then if they're not going to do it, how are you going to go collect money from them? I know a lot of land, landlords say, oh, I have the tenant cover the first 100 bucks of wedding repair. Dude, they're going to destroy the property because you're not inspecting that thing. And then, you know, it's really not scalable. I mean, you could do a triple net, but then you're going to pay a lot more on that lease. So mm -hmm. what I've found from running, running close to 100 properties, whether it's a condo, single family, whatever – and I'm accounting for everything, vacancy loss, collection loss, turnover loss. Yep. I'm accounting for everything, capital improvements, because, yep. oh, but no, that, that's not a, that doesn't count as a capital improvement. Look, dude, you still have to spend the dang money. Yeah. If, if I have to spend the money, it's still an expense. People we that aren't actually taking in capital expenditures are, are nonsense, because at the end of the day, you know, if you... If your roof is, you know, you say your roof is good right now because it's it's 10 years old and it doesn't need to be replaced, but in another five, 10 years, you know, 15 years, what have you, it does need to be replaced. You got to, and it's going to cost you 10, 10 grand or so, then you do need to budget that in. Or turnover. They don't count for turnover. And then yeah. the turnover, what about the turnover? What about the vacancy loss? What about the eviction cost? Like I have real data. So like, I'm not talking about, a lot of guys want to talk drama. I'm talking data. I have yeah. real data I can show you. So who did so, the property management for you guys? We, we did. We did. You did? Okay. Now, what, what was your screening uh, techniques? I mean, Oh, my God, dude. Uh, we were ridiculously good. I underwrote each file like it was a freaking loan. Yeah. Uh, who's, who's the employer? Run a background search on every tenant. Credit report. I want to know who's the employer, how long they've employed. I look at the actual paycheck stuff and bank statements. Yep. I want to see where they spend the money. I want to see if they manage. We, if we put in, we, I tracked this, Brandon. We put in seventy-one tenants. I had one eviction, ever. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Why? Because if you can do the pre-screening up front, so we created yep. an underwriting system, underwrite, and and every time I had to evict somebody, I wrote down what happened. And every time I had to evict somebody, it was something I didn't catch up front. And give mm -hmm. you an example: a young couple that they're not married. And, and they want to live with, uh, with their spouses, with, with, with their dad or mom, like together, right? Oh, it's a good idea. They, they, they make good money. They pay the rent. No, what ends up happening is they end up fighting. No, only one family per household. So every time I learned something, I would, I would put it into the system. If they didn't have a W-2 job, cool, you're, you're an entrepreneur, cool, you pay the full year up front. Yeah. No, no entrepreneur, because what, what I found is it's very inconsistent with the self-employed yeah. people. So true. So, but the strength of the employer, if it was a strong employer, like, like a waste management or a, or a government job, I would give that more, uh, uh, on, on, on it kind of was like a weighted average scale. It would have more weight. So I would have different weights, how long they stayed in the last tenant, the last landlord. What did their last landlord say? Call the last landlord, verify that the last landlord has the right property, verify the last rental amount. If they're a new tenant, it's a risk, right? Guys, managing property is all about risk management. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I do all my property management as well and virtually. So um, I screen just like a bank as, as well. So a lot of the things that you're, you're touching on, it's all like exactly what I would do um, because- It's all underwriting. Cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you, you want to run for the, the best tenant. possible tenant. Yep, exactly. But even with all that, yeah, it's still gonna happen. I mean, yeah, like, look, 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 you, you have a good person, and the whole company goes under. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like General Electric, the company goes under. Like it happens. Yeah, it's so true. So before we were getting started, you and I, we were both talking about 
you know, people putting in the work in the beginning, uh, a lot of newbies. And, and we were both kind of just having a conversation that if, you know, people out there that are making the excuses that they can't get deals now in the market that we're in because it's so hot or what have you, they're not going to, they're going to be the exact same ones that when the market does switch, you know, most likely they're not going to be able to get those deals either. And they'll probably, um, you know, resort to, to a different lifestyle. So if you're new and you want some advice, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's not gonna sound pretty, whatever the hell you want, whatever. I just say it the way it is. Here it is. I love the blood. I really do. Yeah, Please. Here it is. Please bring here it, it, guys. <laughs> if you're starting out, guys, understand you're in the spring season of your life. You have to be willing to delay gratification and out hustle everybody fucking else. You've got to put in the what Malcolm Gladwell calls the ten thousand hours. If you're not willing to put those hours in up front, don't even get started. Now, yeah. everyone can talk a good talk. Oh, I'm willing to not go out and party. Oh, I'm willing to punt my 20s, right? Quote, unquote. But the truth is you just talk a good talk. When it comes time to actually fucking do it and do it consistently and do it for five, 10 years and you don't want to do it, everyone talks a good talk. They want all that shit now. They want, they want their, their Ferrari, their Benz, or whatever the fuck they want now. Nothing wrong in wanting those things. Yeah. But put in the fucking work, especially initially. The first, the first five years – you gotta put in the work, guys. There's no, and I don't mean work nine to five. Oh, I'm gonna put it nine to five. Dude, nine to five when you start out is not gonna cut it because you suck. Yeah. Everybody sucks when they start. But yep. how do you get better? You get the reps in, but you have to be willing to get more reps. So initially, it wasn't nobody was gonna outwork me. Nobody. And I was willing to delay gratification. A check came into the business, all of them right back into marketing. Yeah. I was disciplined. And that happened over and over. And then once that happens, the money compounds, the business compounds. But if you're not willing to do that, you might as well stay at the job. There's nothing wrong with having a job, but you're not an entrepreneur. And I, then the, I, the weird thing is, if you can't do it now, you're not going to do it when the fuck market changes. I don't know. It's, it's so true. It's so true. And I think I resonate with this so much because I was like one of those people in the very beginning, several years ago, um, that I, I was coming up with these excuses because as I was doing my education, uh, I, I did it for two years and I was submitting offers left and right out here in San Diego and I just wasn't educated enough. I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking outside the box. I wasn't getting creative. I didn't know how to raise money. So I was getting beat out left and right, no matter how fast I was by real investors that had no contingencies and all cash to close. I just didn't know how to go about that strategy. So I was, I was just saying, you know, maybe, you know, it's too hot. I can't, I can't do it out here. Overall, it ended up forcing me into other markets and I, I stopped coming up with excuses, you know, long story short. And, uh, and eventually I started taking action, but now it's like a full circle because people that I, you know, I work with or I help out, you know, I, I hear them coming up with excuses and it just, it blows me away because I can see, I can see like a little bit of myself back then in them that they're just 100. like Brandon um, told me this you'll love this dude and this, you can use this you can use it with them just just make sure you quote me on it yeah <laughs> dude guys you can make money you can make excuses yeah you can't make both it's so true you can make one or the other we're going to we're going to barbecue but you can't make both huh yeah it, it's powerful you know at the end of the day I, I feel like it's uh you just got to figure out what what do you truly want like what are you really passionate about and and I think it is super crucial to be putting in that work. Like you said, like over grinding, putting in that hustle. It's not going to be a nine to five type of hustle because you don't know not what in, not initially. Doing. Yeah. Right. You, don't you don't know, know what, what the doing. hell you're doing. So you gotta, you, you gotta get on. The phone. Yeah. Right. 
yeah. you should not be picking up like the, the hustle ball, the hustle effort. Like you should not be losing those plays. If yeah. someone just like, like Brandon, if someone, when you started out first, if they just know the contingencies and, and they have more experience, they should win those plays. And I'm okay with taking that loss. I'll sign up for that loss. Please. I'll take it. And I'll take yeah. it with, I'll take it with a smile. Yeah. Right. I'll take it with a Coke and a smile. But if, if I'm getting beat because I didn't put forth the maximum effort and I didn't, and I didn't, and I didn't, and, and I wasn't hundred percent resourceful. Yeah. That's on you. I can't take that loss. Exactly. I cannot take that loss. Yeah. I love or, that. Or, or the delayed gratification loss. Hey, we, a check comes into the business. Let's just kind of go and spend this money or let's just kind of flaunt on the gram or, uh, you know, like it's like short sightedness. You know what I mean? Yep. Like not reinvesting back in your business, but I, I see it. It's both. There, no delay gratification, and then I'll learn how to hustle. It's both. And and you and initially, when you're in this, when you're in the spring season of your life, you're starting out, and you want a better life long term. Guys, you got to pay the dues up front. You can have more later and less now, but you can't have more now and more later. Yeah. Because you got to get the skills to get more later, and you don't have the skills right now. It's so true. I love it. So I, I know you're you're very passionate about uh, like credit and lending and you know making making real estate transaction happen. You know how did how did you first get started within all this stuff? Like why why real estate for you? I always had like a little like yearning for it. Actually, the, one of my first things I did in real estate was actually I did a loan. I had some, even though I lost sixty percent of my first real estate deal, I still had some money left over because I've always been dude. I've always been very good at saving guys, yeah. at managing money, managing credit. Like I've always been very good. It's so I crucial. Think yeah, I, I think, think I think that's like something that's very very important. Like before getting started, everybody wants to be that entrepreneur. Everybody wants to be like a real estate investor or what have you. But at the end of the day. It is you being a boss, so you do need to be strong with your money management skills. That's something dude, a lot of like, guys fundamental. suck at money management, and they suck at credit. And it's like, dude, I was I was working, going to school full time here in Miami, and I was I wasn't trying to flaunt. I was living with my dad. My car was a piece of shit car, but I, I left school with fifteen twenty grand in my pocket, <clears throat> positive from money saved and the work money saved. So when I went to GE. I already, I left with another 50 or 60. And remember, I lost 60. So I was living off, you know, IGE. Guys, you got to learn to live off 20, 30, 40% of what you're making yep. so you can stack cash and rest. If you don't know how to discipline with money, you're not going to make it, guys. Yeah. You're not going to make it. Yeah, there, there's a, like a little rule of thumb that I like to live by is live off of no more than 30% of your total income, save 30%, invest 30%, and then donate 10 so I think, you know, trying to come up with some kind of strategy for yourself, looking at your, your monthly income and really figuring out where the true money, when you actually do your, sit down and do your budget, it's uh, even when you're good with money, sometimes it's very surprising to see where, where the expenses are going, you know, where, where the money is actually going out. And guys, we still do this just that now the mindset's different before yep. I, you, you know, the, the, so now the, those buckets change because now we're, I'm willing to pay for a massage a weekly massage. I'm willing to, to do certain things that weren't in the budget back then. Yep. Um, but we can do those things today because we didn't do a whole lot of things back then. So it, 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 the, this can change over time, but it depends on what season of your life is in. But like, dude, my daughter is never going to have to worry about money. Now she's going to develop money skills for sure. But I don't want the same things that I went through Brandon growing up yeah. for her. So, so one of my rules was like, we had to have X and Y, Z money in the bank for us to have a child yeah right that was a rule for me i didn't want to have the stress that my parents had and I, and again god bless my parents but 
that's not what I wanted. I wanted better. Yeah. No, I get, I get very motivated by very similar um, activities from growing up. So I, I think that's awesome. So as far as lending goes, being the bank, how do you come up with, how can you analyze the, the deals? Like how do you typically ana- analyze your deals to know where the safety measure is? And have you ever actually had to take back a property? Uh, no, shit still happens. I've never had to take back a property. So the first thing I analyze, believe it or not, Brandon, is not the property. It's the person. You can't do a good deal with a shit person. That's right. Right. So I've, I've done a lot of deals. The properties I've had to take back where I was on the investor side, where meaning I, uh, put up money and I was actually the operator was just stuff that was a bad deal. Right. But it wasn't, it wasn't bad people. It was through the deal went sideways. Right. So, which happens guys, Brandon, what I like about lending capital versus being in a rental game the, the passive cash stream guys, nothing is sunset and palm trees and fucking rainbow and unicorns. <laughs> I'm still very active about placing capital. Why? Because I'm mad at, I'm managing risk and managing people all throughout the process. So it's not like I place capital and sit back and relax. No. Hey, Mr. Hey, uh, like, like today, a deal went sideways. Hey, all right, we're going to find another buyer, like whatever. But it's not, I'm not the operational person, but I'm still active about placing capital, meeting new people, uh, running background searches, yeah. Um, uh, uh, getting in mastermind groups of high level guys. Right. And then just making sure you do business with quality people that share your core values. Right. So the way I look at it, Brandon, in terms of doing a loan, uh, character, competence, collateral, the three C's characters first character means core values that do we share them? Yeah, I'm the not moral. judging them, but, but right. Are we on the same page? And it might yeah. not be right. Um, like some guys are, you know, like I'll give you a core value of mine. It's like loyalty. Some of the guys, if they can find 1% less somewhere else, they'll go somewhere else. Dude, you're yeah. not my dude. Like, none, I'm not judging you. Like, that's just not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a long-term guy. I play the long game, right? So, and I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap money. I'm not hedge fund money. So you're going to pay a premium for the money and it's certainty. If I tell you the fucking money's there, it's there. You don't, you don't have to go nowhere. So, yeah. and I have a reputation for that. I built a reputation for that. We have built, me and my wife have built a reputation for that. So, two, the, I look at the competence. How good are they? How good are they as a jockey? How, they, how good are they of, an, of a steward, right? Like, you know, what, what is their process? Because now you're not, Brandon, when you lend money, you're not banking on you anymore. You're banking on somebody else. So true. And sometimes, and sometimes they're not as good as you used to be. Yeah. And you're comparing themselves to you. You know what I mean? So it's different. Yeah. And then uh, the, hard, the, 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 the third thing I look at is the actual collateral. And then for, for someone who's actually been on both sides of the, of, of the game, it's very different because Brandon, you and I, as a wholesaler, we would make money up front, right? You make your money when you get a contract, sell a contract, or you buy a rental, right? You, you make the money up front. Yeah. But, with a, but with a, when you lend money, 200 grand goes out yeah. and, you get, and you get a piece of paper. Yeah. 200 grand goes out. So who wins that? When you, when, when you go to closing, who wins? They do. The investor <laughs> does. And you get a, so you, I celebrate when I get the money back. For sure. Now, are, are you ever losing sleep or, or stressing out about when money's out? Of course. Yeah. I mean, uh, my emotional relationship to money and abundance is, is an ongoing process. So like now I've got to rely on the money to work just as hard for us. But dude, money's an emotional subject. So yeah, dude. I mean, um, but that comes up for like a big purchase that my, 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 my wife, look, my daughter wants to go to a nice school. The school's on investment to go there. And I get it. It's going to be great long-term, et cetera. Yeah, but it's still like, you know, so guys, to say that money's not emotional, dude, money's very fucking emotional. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. 
it's true. It's true. It's true. What do I, what do I, oh, I, have my, I have my process and my LTV. Yeah, but everyone, you have your process. The deal looks good, but you're still sending out 200 grand. So how does that going to make you feel emotionally? And, and do you trust yourself? Do you trust the process, et cetera, right? So, again, it's not sunshine and rainbows, but um, but you learn to, I mean, my first deal, I couldn't sleep that night. And then the next one, I got better. And what I, what I have been blessed with is guys that have been generally good and the guys that aren't good, meaning not good, not bad or right, they just didn't match core values. Yeah. I've been able to to like just say, hey, you know what, let's just go a different path because it's not going to work for either one of us long term. For sure. Yeah, I like that. Now, from my personal experience, I feel like it, it truly does take about maybe two, like a year, more or less like two years before you truly know somebody like that you're jumping in into business with. And uh, just wanted to see as far as character goes, you know, like, have you, have you seen anybody actually switch up or change that, uh, you know, got more emotional? And uh, obviously that it's just a, like a shitty situation that kind of un, unveils itself down the road. Kind of like, so what I do is I, I have a lot of other guys, but other guys, I've been at this 14 okay. years. I've yeah. got great integrity in the community. Everyone, anyone that knows me won't, you know, will only say great things about me. And it's something that we've done. So I value my, I call it, coined it, reputational equity. Okay. So if I if I need someone in a certain market, I can get to them. And um, <clears throat> what I usually do is, let's say someone wants to borrow some money. I don't, I don't, I don't know him, but chances are someone I know three or four guys in that market at a deep level. Yeah. Someone's interacted with that guy. Yeah. And I want to know what the other guys say about that guy because, and and and, and that's the other guys. Hey, would you lend money to him? Hey, would you vouch for this guy? And if I get three or four guys saying, dude, this guy's solid as day is long. I've known him X, Y, Z, and they'll tell me a couple of stories of what he's done. Okay. Right? So that's how I kind of uh, bet when I don't have that. But even better is I like guys that are in a mastermind group or something where they're willing to be open and vulnerable and share. Yeah. Because I find guys that, that, that are, and I like a paid mastermind for, for a couple of reasons. One, they're paying, so they're paying attention. Two, they're looking to extract value. Um, uh, and I like something where there's a, there's a repetition. So, Yes, Brandon, a year or two. But if you and I, Brandon, engage every single week and we're talking every single week, yeah, it goes by super, super, super fast. Right? Yeah, no, I like that. So that's that's kind of does that that's give good. you an idea of like? So it you does. Can, you yeah, can compress, you can compress decades into days. What do you call it? Getting more reps in during that time. I don't know how to say that in a better way, but uh, getting more frequency. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The frequency of interaction. So. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you have scaled several businesses in the past to, to million, million dollar businesses for helping out other people, correct? Yeah, Christy and I have. My wife, my wife and I have through the fix and flip, the buy and hold, and now the lending. Okay, <clears throat> I love it. So um, as far as, you know, I saw one of your posts that you're, you were talking about kind of, you know, somebody going from zero to 10K a month, you know, that, that takes work, putting in like some serious effort. Uh, to get there. And then going from 10K to 100K a month is a lot more systems and strategies kind of in place. Do you mind just kind of diving deep a, a little bit into the difference between these? And, and sure. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a huge difference. Yep. So one is the, always, always, guys, the biggest thing is always going to be the mindset. Always yeah. 100% no matter what, that's always the answer. Uh, but the, the biggest thing is what got you out of Egypt isn't going to get you to the promised land. Yeah. Right. What got you from zero to 10 is you, your efforts, your own grinding, you figuring it out, you being resourceful, you being, you being the entrepreneur, right? But what's going to get you from 10 
to 100 is you being the business owner, creating systems, creating process, hiring people, managing people. Now you're relying on other people, which is a whole other skill set that you don't have. Yeah. And it's a mindset because now you're stroking checks. Now your overhead grows. And if you can't produce, consistently produce cash in your business, you're going to go broke because now you have people, you're paying payroll. So if you can't, if you can't make consistent paydays wholesaling on your own, you have no business scaling a team. So true. Yeah. You, you haven't earned the right to scale a team. If you can't yeah. make 40, 50 grand a month consistently. So until we could make 50 grand a month for six months, I, I didn't scale a team out. That's good. I like that. So now for somebody, for somebody like myself, I'm just going to be really uh, selfish, I guess, and just dive into it while, while I have you here. <laughs> you know, most of my income is it's all come from passive income through rentals in those little shitty markets that you're talking about originally. There's nothing, dude, one of the things I've learned is there's nothing passive about a rental. So, no, of course. Uh, what, I, what I've learned about rentals is they're consistently inconsistent. Yes. Yes. I like that. It is so true. And I think that is important to clarify, like the whole passive income out there. Isn't Bullshit. No passive. Guys, I, I'm not passive. I'm, 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 I'm passive. Like it's a hybrid yeah. of passive and active. Yeah. But I'm, I'm paying attention, dude. Guys, money so likes attention. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Your money right. That's right. I love that. So, so somebody that, that is building up their, their, uh, their portfolio with rentals and, and getting that money coming in on a regular basis. Um, you know, what kind of strategies would you, would you say to really be able to take the, the business to that next level going from the 10 to a hundred K obviously switch up some different strategies as far as, uh, because you're not going to get there with picking up more rental properties. Go make the money, dude. Yeah. Go, go get, look, money solves the problem. Go make more money. Like a lot of times when shit goes sideways and shit hits the fans, guys focus on, oh, I'm going to cut my life. I'm going to cut this. I'm going to cut that. I'm not cutting shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go make more money. I love that. It's like, uh, it's where the focus goes, but you can always go make more abundance, but you, but like, like, dude, if I cut something, I value that. I value having a personal trainer. I, yeah. I value my wife having a personal trainer. I value, I'm at a cryotherapy center right now getting cryotherapy. I like my shit. I like, I don't want, I don't want to cut anything. It's good. I like that. A lot of people do that. That's like the scarcity mindset of starting to cut things off. But I, I think, uh, Elena where can I say, where can I save? Who wants to fucking save? Yeah. Where can I grow? And then how do I save what's left? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. And it depends if you have one of those bad money management habits, like you're not good with controlling your money and you do just have nothing but all excess going out on just stupid little things, then obviously that, that's not like what we're talking about right here. No. But um, we're, talking about, we're talking about your expenses that you value. Yes. I value a massage therapist. If I've got a, a massage a hundred bucks and I value it at 300, I'm not going to cut that. Yeah. My value is bigger than what the expense is. Yes. And guys, there's a limit to what you can cut before you become miserable. It's the good. upside of what you can make is unlimited. I love it. Don't make money. I love it. So what would you tell somebody that's first getting started out there? Don't get out, don't get out hustled and be willing to put in the work and be willing to delay gratification. Commit to this for five or 10 years and so that you can live the life that no one else can. And yeah. make sure you know why you're doing it because you're going to get hit in the mouth a lot of times during the process and make sure that vision, that bigger vision pulls you forward. Mm. I think the bigger vision is something that has always kept me very focused. And, uh, and, and kind of like what you mentioned growing up and, and having, seeing like your parents possibly struggle and you don't, and you know that like deep down in your heart, 
as you build up your family, you don't want your, your kids to go through the same thing. You know, I think that's, that's something that I can definitely resonate with. I'm sure a lot of people can out there, but it really depends. Uh, you know, I'd love to see people actually take action on those steps and really grind, you know. They got to want it. You can't want it more. Brandon, you can't, as a coach, Brandon, you can't want it more than they want it. They got to want it. They got to they, they gotta be willing to put forth the effort, and they got to be willing to do uh, things that other people aren't willing to do and work weekends and work nights and work whatever the fuck you have to work to make it happen. And, and, and again, that's, that's just, dude, there's no shortcuts. You gotta so, get the true. Fucking so true. I love it. Okay. Well, is, you know, for, for somebody that, uh, you know, when you first got started, did you have any coaches, mentors, like what, what kind of education did you get started with? Brandon, I've got tons of education. I mean, I invest a ton in it. I mean, I still, I mean, I'm, I'm a mill over, I'm, I'm at least a million dollars in education and for networking sure. and mastermind groups minimum. Yeah. So education is something you should always be investing in and you should also be taking action on the education. So both. So yeah, I had mentors and coaches, but all that stuff, I still got head in the face. I had a mentor who's been doing this for 30 years and the market corrected. We both lost 60 grand. Yeah. And he'd been doing it 30 years on a deal. So it's like, you know what? You're still going to learn, take the action, learn, get educated, but do both. I love it. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it so much. I feel like you, you just dropped so much knowledge right here. This is a lot of great gold for somebody. And I love your personality. I definitely resonate with it. <laughs> you should, I mean, you and I are probably one and the same when it comes down to me coaching here, hearing on another line with people. It's so funny. But just, uh, I just keep it raw. It just is what yeah, it is. You know what I mean? It's important. It's, 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 yeah. So um, guys, me and my wife launched a, a podcast. It's called Both On Board. If any of you guys, you guys want to you know, do this with your wife, getting enrollment from her. I know you and your wife work together. I've had the privilege of meeting her. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's called both on board. Uh, maybe Brandon, you can put a link to it. Um, yes. um, so it's called both on board and we're help entrepreneurial couples crush it in life and business. And, um, you know, you can listen to our story and how we did it and how we figured it out and, 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 and how we live a great life together now. I love it. And we, and we don't have it all figured out. We're figuring it out as we go along, but we've done some things together that, yeah, that's so good. And I feel like a lot of people can definitely resonate with that and, you know, acknowledge that you definitely need help when it comes down to relationships. There's no, there's no easy book for it. But, uh, but as Guys, we all no know, one, no one does it alone. Brandon's not doing yeah. this alone. Brandon's got his lady help. No one does this alone. Yeah, yeah I, I need my lady. Trust me. <laughs> She's my backbone 100%. for sure. 100%. She's the brains of the operation and the beauty. I'm just, I'm not the brain, so I have to be the face, unfortunately. That's what you guys I'm, have to I'm, do. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just a plow horse. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, is there anything right, that the listeners could do for you? Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast. I'm also on Facebook at uh, Ramon Gonzalez. I'm also on Insta at the official uh, Ramon Gonzalez. Um, both on board is our, is our, is our passion project as well as our impact project right now. So if you guys can subscribe to both on board, give us a five-star rating, give us a review. Um, we would really be grateful and, and share it if you find value in it. And I know you will. I love it. Well, you guys have heard it all first right here on ready, set, go real estate investing podcast. Ray, I appreciate you so much, man. Uh, nothing but gold on this one. If you guys want to hear more of these episodes, definitely go check out on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get the newest episode every single Monday. 
and uh, do me a favor, leave a review, send a screenshot of that to me anywhere on, on social media or brandonelliinvestments.com uh, and I will send you my book, Action Driven, 100% free. Uh, I have a couple other gifts that I want to send out to you guys as well. So just do that for me. And uh, we, we have, we're very passionate about getting this podcast out to more people to, to break off those limited beliefs. You know, we're all about educating, motivating, and preparing people to take action in real estate. So uh, with that being said, guys, you can find me on facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott REI or Instagram, um, Brandon Elliott Investments. So till next time, guys, stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. 